Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Jay Lair from CFACT and the International Climate Science Coalition. He's new to the show. I think you're really going to like him. Now, we're talking about a few things. We're talking about, I guess, the intersection, to use a left-wing word, of socialism. And the climate crisis, and I guess every other crisis, the government wants you to believe that is a crisis. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise that you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I think is pretty okay, and Ezra's Nightly Ezra Levant Show and David Menzies' Fun Friday Night Show Rebel Roundup. To become a subscriber, just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to join today. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on the already really affordable 8 bucks a month that it costs to become a subscriber by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. That's rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member today. And if you like listening to the show, and I'm pretty confident that you will, please leave a five-star review wherever you find your podcast. That's a great way to support the show without having to spend a dime, but it also helps people find the podcast too. It puts us higher up in the algorithm. And now please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Every single catastrophe, real or imagined, has become a reason for more government control in your life. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. the advocates of big government keep saying to us whatever the problem is the solution is less freedom and more money from your pocket into the government's hands so that they can pass it along to other people who didn't bother to earn it and some big government goon is standing over your shoulder telling you how to live your life drive less eat less beef it doesn't matter what the question is, the answer is always socialism. Global warming? No problem. Socialism in the form of massive green taxes and corporate welfare to green energy companies. It's fixed. COVID plague from China creating massive layoffs because the government overreacted and closed all these private businesses? Easy peasy. $2,000 per month to everyone for an indeterminate amount of time. Coronavirus fixed. Joining me today in an interview we recorded yesterday afternoon is a new face, I think, to Rebel viewers, Dr. Jay Lair of CFACT and the International Climate Science Coalition. He sat down with me yesterday afternoon to discuss how all these catastrophes are being manipulated and often created to push a socialist future.
So joining me now from his home is Jay Laird. Jay is a co-author of many articles with Rebel News fan favorite and good friend of the show, Tom Harris from the International Climate Science Coalition. And I wanted to have Jay on the show today to talk about, I guess, the intersection of socialism and climate change and how climate change is the vehicle for socialism. Um, But first, Jay, I know you're new to our Rebel viewers. Why don't you give us a brief rundown of who you are and, you know, some of your educational history, just so people understand that you're you're just not um, some guy. You do know a lot about these things. I do, Sheila. I have a, a PhD, well, a degree in engineering from Princeton University. Uh, spent a few years on active duty in the Navy. Then a PhD in a combined uh, field at the University of Arizona of uh, environmental science, uh, agricultural economics, uh, and water supply. And uh, over the a very long career, spanning over 60 years, uh, I have uh, authored, co-authored, or edited uh now 32 books. The most recent book uh, came out uh, just this spring, uh, titled A Hitchhiker's Journey Through Climate Change. Uh, We started out writing with uh, Terry Ciccone, a a 150-page book. We ended up with 350 pages before we were finished. Uh, But the theme really is just what you said. We, uh, it's all about climate change and socialism. Uh, Climate change has always been uh, a vehicle to uh, create socialism throughout the world, a one-world government, uh, because the, the the evil people that want to control all of our lives uh, recognize that if you can control carbon dioxide output, the very breath that we exhale, uh, you could control all society. And if you get people scared that man has something to do with controlling the thermostat of the earth, uh, then only government can control it. If we're talking about carbon dioxide, Uh, It has to be all governments and then really a one world government, the United Nations, that would take over uh, the world because energy uh, is what creates a a positive uh, standard of living. You can measure uh, the standard of living of any family or human being on Earth by how much energy they use. That's a determination of whether they have good heating and cooling and automobiles and and other uh, advantages in life. And so Uh, The evil leftists figured out that climate change was a way to achieve their goal of destroying capitalism and creating a socialist world. And for the last, uh, again, a 60-year career, uh, I have been uh, writing and and lecturing around the uh, the world, uh, actually, on this issue and uh, and all energy issues. And for the last uh, three years, I've been working with Tom Harris at the International Climate Science Coalition, and also uh, with a group called CFAC.org in Washington and America Out Loud. Uh, I write an article uh, each week for three different websites, America Out Loud, Tom's uh, website, and uh, Committee for Advanced Tomorrow, CFAC.org. And most of my articles deal with uh, climate change or energy, uh, now batteries, electric cars, and related things. Uh, my most recent article uh, was called uh, uh, The Blackouts are, Co- are Coming, The Blackouts Are Coming, uh, to coin a phrase from Paul Revere. Uh, this is a warning, not a scare tactic. And if, uh, if you look at what California is today, it's what America will be in the next four years if Mr. Biden and uh, Ms. Harris are elected to take over our presidency. 
you know, that's a great place to start. Let's talk about the blackouts in California, because California, when you look at the global scale of things, really, it's one of the most prosperous places on the face of the earth. And yet they are living in a form of energy poverty right now because of their pursuit of green energy. And really, that's what the United States would be like if uh, the Democrats and the more radical Democrats, which you and I were talking off air, I think the party has been completely overtaken by the more radicals and Joe Biden's vice presidential pick, Kamala Harris, is a testament to that. She's, you know, a proponent of the Green New Deal. But what's happening in California? That's what the Green New Deal would look like for the entire country. Yeah, Sheila, it's really uh, very lucky for the rest of the country to have a model to look at. And yeah. uh, we can decide on Election Day on November 3rd whether we want to look like uh, California or whether we do not. Uh, California has created energy poverty. They have, uh, in the last uh, seven or eight years, uh, they have closed uh, all but one coal-fired plant uh, in the state. Uh, three of them they turned into uh, using wood pellets uh, to burn. They've turned off all their nuclear energy, save one. There's, they have one plant left, and uh, that is scheduled to be shut down in 2025. They are no longer going to buy coal power from their neighboring uh, states, and uh, within the next uh, 10 to 15 years, they want to be 100 percent wind and solar, which basically is going to mean they're going to have uh, a blackout after blackout. They already have uh, four times more blackouts than any other state in the union. From 2008 to 2017, they had over 4,000 blackouts, and now they're having them uh, virtually uh, every, every week. It's sheer insanity, and uh, Ms. Harris uh, is, not, is going along with it. I'm not sure when she was a prosecutor for the state that she was quite as radical as she is now, but uh, she's bought into the Green New Deal of these crazy people uh, in our Congress, and uh, they really want to bring the country uh, to its knees, whether they, they know it or not. But again, the primary purpose is the defeat of capitalism and the institution of socialism in the United States. Well, and they also have, you know, another arrow in their quiver now to bring about this cultural change in the United States. It used to be the impending doom of climate change that never actually came. And so the benchmarks kept being changed and the goalposts had to be shoved back. But There's now it's the coronavirus and they're using the pandemic now to uh, push for this green recovery. The economy has all but stopped in Canada. And so now in Canada, they're saying there's only one way to jumpstart the economy. It has to be green. And I see a lot of the same musings happening in the United States. However, thank God for President Trump. But when you have places like Time magazine publishing, as the rest of the world plans for a green recovery, America is once again falling behind. Um, I don't know. I think the unemployment numbers that came out the other day speak for themselves compared to Canada. I think avoiding a green recovery is going to be the thing that saves America from this pandemic lockdown. There's no question about it. Uh, the, the whole the Green New Deal and the leftists are evil, but they're not stupid. Yeah. Uh, their goal, again, is to uh, have a socialist uh, country. Uh, they want control, full control over every human being living in the country. And they were quick enough to see the coronavirus as another mechanism, along with climate change, to take control. 
Uh, I uh, work with with a hundred doctors on the issue. Uh, the masks are uh, of very little value. The social distancing is arbitrary. The idea is to get people used to taking orders. A hundred percent of the population taking orders. It doesn't matter that it has any impact at all medically. So they've seized on the coronavirus as a, another mechanism uh, to gain control over the public population and, and make them just take orders uh, when they say jump, the people are to say uh, how high. And right now it's working. And if, if we don't see a backlash of people not liking being ordered around under a socialist uh, government the past eight months, uh, then uh, on November 3rd, Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris uh, will take over. I am hopeful that the average person on the street uh, is now getting fed up with it, and uh, they're going to go to the polls uh, in the privacy of the polling booth and, and say they don't want it anymore. And it's interesting you point out, I think it was a million point, uh, 1.3 million new jobs. That yeah. does not count California, New York, and Illinois that are still shut down. Now, three very populous states, if they were not shut down, uh, those uh, new employment numbers would skyrocket uh, even more. Now, I wanted you rightly point out that this is about, um, I guess, retraining people. But there's a serious application of force in um, any sort of push towards socialism and government control. And you do have an article that was out about two weeks ago that you co-authored with my friend Tom Harris about the lack of morality and the application of force. And it's so funny that socialism is often taught to us as this or it's push towards us as this benevolent thing, this caring thing. If you care about people, you'll want to give your goods to the government so that the government can redistribute them. But it's anything but kind, is it? Yes, it's exactly the opposite. Uh, socialism means the collective rules everyone's life. You cannot do anything independently. We pointed out in a, in a series of three articles on socialism how totally evil it is. And all you have to really understand, whether or not you are a religious person or not, you cannot have any religion in socialism because that separates groups from the government. Uh, they have their own dogmas, they, their own rules. So all religion uh, must be completely wiped out. And no individual can actually make a decision on their own about anything. The collective runs everything. Yes, the correct, it's supposed that the collective will distribute wealth uh, evenly. What they actually distribute evenly is misery. And all one has to do is to study every socialist country, true socialist country uh, that has existed. And, you know, we're talking about Cuba and uh, Venezuela and, and China and, and, and Russia. These are the models and they are all abject failure. Socialism can only and has only succeeded in a limited way with a gun to the head of the population. It, it, it's the opposite of, of being a, a nice, warm, and fuzzy program. It is tyrannical in all its forms. And when we talk about socialism, uh, people point to Norway and, and Sweden and, and Denmark that have partial socialist economies. But when you study them, they have, they're more capitalist than they are socialist. Their form of socialism really only covers their medical care and their control of an industry or two. 
They are not models of socialism. Venezuela is a model of socialism. Uh, Cuba, Russia are models of socialism, and we all know how they turned out. Now, getting back to one of the topics that you like to talk about, and I definitely like to talk about, I I run into Tom Harris all the time at the uh, UN climate change conferences. Sadly, there won't be one this year because a real... Uh, threat came along and so they had to cancel it. Nothing was ever important enough for them to cancel their private jets to the climate change conference until a disease came along. But it's funny the places that you listed, Venezuela, North Korea, Cuba, Russia, I was writing them down as you said that. Uh, These are socialist places, communist places. Uh, I suppose a communist is just a socialist who really means it. Um, But these are she filthy places, right there. filthy That's places. Beautiful. I'm going to remember that. A <laughs> communist and a socialist who really means it. You really nailed it. Well, I, I poached it from someone else I heard one time, but these are filthy places. And it's so often that um, the proponents of socialism say, okay, well, if we just had more control over the economy uh, and people's lives, that it would be a much greener, cleaner place. But in the places where the most control exists over people's lives, they're disgusting, horrible, dirty places. That's absolutely correct. And one of the, uh, Michael Moore, who's a, one of America's most famous leftists, for reasons I yeah. do not understand, decided to uh, pull the curtain away from wind and, and solar energy. And he made a movie called uh, Planet for the Humans. Uh, it, it's brilliant. And all of the big uh, uh, Google and Amazon tried to stop the film being shown because uh, he shows what a sham they are, and they are environmentally destructive. It was amazing. He put together a two-minute film inside the movie that showed everything involved in creating a solar farm or a wind turbine farm and how environmentally destructive they are from beginning to end. There is nothing green about what the leftists call green energy. The Green New Deal is entirely destructive uh, of the planet. And this is normally the way the left works. They take all of their evilness and try to project it uh, on the opposition. In other words, all their flaws they try to uh, claim are part of of Donald Trump, as as an example. Uh, it's It's their trick, and they do it over and over and over again, and unfortunately, Uh, The young people buy into it because they've been brought up in government schools that essentially uh, don't teach uh, our history, our great history. Uh, They teach just only the evils uh, of society. And uh, the children get out of high school today with no idea of of how horrible socialism has been through the ages and how phenomenal uh, the American and, and Canadian governments were at one time. You know, it's funny because these environmental groups will use whatever lie and half-truth they can to push their agenda. Uh, Just last week here in Alberta, Canada's Texas, we have a massive uh, deposit of oil that is just below the surface, the oil sands. And it has been leaching out of the, the ground there for millennia. The indigenous people there... Um, used to use the oil sands that were coming out of the riverbanks to seal their canoes, to waterproof their canoes. So it, it's a feature of the landscape and not a bug. And yet environmental groups, just four days ago, they came out with a big report that said, 
uh, there's groundwater contamination and it is because of the oil sands mining. When we know there's groundwater contamination because of the oil sands and what we are participating is the in is probably the world's largest cleanup project that mother nature left us a big fat mess up there but it's funny the lies and as you point out it is the young people who will see that and not know the history of anything and say yep they're ruining the land up there by mining these oil sands as opposed to cleaning up the mess that was left behind by mother nature and as you point out again the government schools are not going to teach them any different. No, it's, they, they've actually taught them that pretty much everything we do in advancing industry is uh, negative toward our environment. And it, it's absolutely not true. We can burn coal with virtually no emissions that are harmful to the atmosphere. We can uh, drill for oil. We can uh, hydraulically fracture shale sands to get our oil with no damage whatsoever. And we can certainly mine the, uh, the, oil, the oil sands in Canada uh, without any harm. And I love what you just said. It's one of the biggest cleanup projects in history that the more we take out of the oil sands, the less uh, potential pollution that, uh, that is created. But they, they essentially teach young children uh, that up is down and down is up. And uh, this is interesting. In the famous novel everyone knows of 1984 by George Orwell, that's what uh, an advanced government did. They literally turned uh, truth into fiction. And if you say it over and over again, especially when you start with small uh, children, uh, they come out with ideas that are entirely false. You know, if we needed any proof, any more proof that green, the green movement is just a vehicle towards socialism and control, all we have to do is look at the solution the environmentalists are proposing for us, and it is taxes. It's carbon taxes, It's which is a wealth transfer in and of itself. So if we take out all the overlays of uh, environmentalism, CO2 emissions, uh, the cost per ton that they want to charge us on CO2 emissions, if we just look at what the solution is, and the solution is I have to give my money to the government so that they can give it to somebody else. The solution is socialism. It doesn't matter what the problem was. Uh, this is true. And what's even more amazing in, in all the talks I give and all the writing I, I do now, I make sure people know it's not that carbon dioxide is bad. Carbon dioxide is good. Yep. Uh, the, since we, the, the, what we call the second industrial revolution uh, following World War II, uh, about 24% of the earth is, is greener than it was because carbon dioxide is plant food. We only live here because we have carbon dioxide uh, and photosynthesis to allow plants to grow, to allow animals to eat, to allow us to eat. We're only here because of carbon dioxide, and it'll be a better earth when we go from the 410 parts per million carbon dioxide someday to 800. It'll be an even better earth. So there they turn uh, good into evil and carbon dioxide is a good, and you describe it uh, correctly. All of their attempts to solve a non-problem move us towards socialism. Uh, the one, I don't know who's going to win the election on November 3rd. I am uh, cautiously optimistic that the public is going to recognize they don't like what's been going on for eight months. They don't like the government to tell them everything to do, and Mr. Trump will get another four years. 
But if by chance he does not get enough uh, four years, it's going to be interesting to watch everything that Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris do fail. Every idea they have uh, can only result in failure. And so it might take a couple more years of destruction of our nation before people realize that they have been duped in school from uh, K through 12 uh, in many of the colleges and certainly by all the, the major TV uh, news stations and uh, the media is uh, controlled, you know, the old saying yep. that when you buy ink by the barrel, you, you, you have a lot of power. Uh, Jay, I am in northern Canada. Uh, I, I'm a farmer. I welcome the global warming. I welcome, I welcome the opportunity for more arable land to feed people. And I, I'm a proponent of GMO uh, crops because that helps crops grow in forbidding climates like where I live. Um, it, but at the same time, though, the environmentalist movement opposes GMO crops and uh, they want, you know, smaller crops, which drives up the cost of food. And yet they claim to be advocating for poor people across the world. It's very strange when you look at uh, the results of their ideas. It's actually very anti-human, isn't it? Totally. Sheila, I've spent a major part of my career working in agriculture, uh, helping farmers to understand the wonders of genetically modifying our grain so that they grow in, in drier, in, in hotter climates and produce uh, greater yields. Uh, I knew Norman Borlaug, who, who won a Nobel Prize in 1971, figuring out how to get more yield uh, out of wheat. Uh, the next time I hear uh, an environmentalist say anything about agriculture that is accurate will be the first time I have ever <laughs> heard an environmental zealot say anything accurate. You can almost just go by anything they say and reverse it, and you'll be then you will be accurate. They don't want people to eat food that is inexpensive and healthy. They don't want people to heat and cool their homes with energy that is... Uh, that, that is inexpensive. Uh, they only want the worst for society. I was at a dinner party recently. There were eight people around a table and I was chatting across the way with a fellow who was a conservative like I and we were, uh, I had mentioned uh, that I'd never met an environmental zealot that was a happy-go-lucky, upbeat person. Thank a you, woman yes. Next to me, a woman next to me stood up and started screaming at me that she was a happy-go-lucky <laughs> leftist. <laughs> and everybody at the table broke out laughing. You know, it's so funny. These It's the same people who say, oh, you can't eat meat. Don't eat beef. Don't farm beef uh, because it's bad for the environment. While they're eating a piece of avocado on their toast that was trucked in from somewhere else very far away. We don't grow avocados up here. Um, and, you know, it's got to be refrigerated every step of the way to sit in the gro trucked into the grocery store from halfway around the world for this leftist to buy it because it's organic so that they, they can stare down their nose and say, oh, you shouldn't eat that steak. That's bad for the environment. They just don't have the foresight to understand no. the supply chain at all. Yeah, not at all. And that's kind of what's included in the two minutes of the Michael Moore movie I described. They show absolutely every element of, of mining something in Africa and what goes into the mine and transporting it across the country and so on and so forth. 
and they prove beyond a shadow of a doubt there's nothing about wind and solar that is green, let alone the fact that you cannot uh, continue an industrial society uh, that way. California will be moving backwards a century if they continue on the path that they're on. And people do not understand the supply chain at all. And uh, everything going on with global warming is good for agriculture. Actually, uh, the earth has been warming a little bit uh, since uh, the Revolutionary War was the end of a little ice age, and we've been warming up. Man has, that's one thing I want to make a statement of, because there are not a lot of people that have the nerve to say it. Man's impact, Sheila, on the temperature of this planet is zero. Zero. It's not a little bit. But you have, there are two sides. You've got the modelers that get Billions of dollars to support models that have never been accurate, that they don't even understand the variables to put in them. But then you also have an element of scientists that are constantly trying to figure out man's impact on the planet. Now, they know it's three or four decimal points away from a whole number, but they're still working on it. But the only default number to describe man's impact on the temperature of this planet is zero. Oh, but think of all the grants they're getting to keep working to find something that doesn't exist. It's like one of those perpetual motion machines. Just get a grant, keep looking for nothing, get a grant, find nothing. I love that analogy, and you're right, but it's all about, you know, follow the money on either side of the issue. Follow the money. Uh, nobody pays me one way or another, so I'm really out there all alone on my island saying it's zero. <laughs> now, Jay, you you mentioned some of the places where people can find you. Um, do you want to go through some of those again, just so that people who are first meeting you for the oh, first time today yeah. can well, find where they can find your work and maybe even support your work? The first and easiest place is at a website, cfact.org. We and love CFACT. We love Mark. C we love CFACT. And if you go to that <laughs> website and you scroll down and you'll find my, uh, one of my articles, and if you then just uh, tap on my name, every article I've written there will come up. And in one tap, you can get probably 100 articles I've written there uh, over the last uh, couple of years. And most of them are easy to read. My strength as a science writer is making things simple. Uh, I always say I've, I've never been the sharpest knife in the drawer. And that's been good because I have to work <laughs> hard to learn things. And then I become a very good teacher of them. And then, of course, at Tom Harris's website and at America Out Loud, America Out Loud, uh, that's .com, I think. And uh, Tom and I write there uh, every week. Uh, and then Tom's website has all of our stuff and cfact.org. But uh, I used to do 30 or 40 lectures uh, a year uh, with the COVID, the, the travel cut way down. Uh, I did get a lecture three weeks ago. I was out in Las Vegas. And it was fun to lecture for 100 people. 50 were MDs, 50 were very high-level uh, physicists, and not one of them wore a mask. And the hotel allowed us to have a meeting without a mask. That was very, very uh, uh, exciting. But now, mostly, I'm spending my time uh, writing and, and loving uh, every bit of it. I've just written uh, an article that the U.S. could pay off most of their COVID debt if they, we just allowed to drill for oil on federal land. You can't drill for oil on federal land. No. Federal that blows government. my mind. <laughs> that, blows, that blows my mind. I hope Trump changes that and opens up uh, federal land to drilling. There, he's already signed an executive order uh, talking about it, but uh, the environmental uh, groups are 
are suing at every turn. Of course they are. Well, Jay, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Hopefully you can come back on again real soon. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I as well, Sheila. You do a great job. It's been a pleasure. Uh, anytime. This is what I do and educating people is my joy. Great. Thank you very much. The immorality of socialism is that it denies the very nature of humanity, that there's dignity in earning that what you own and owning what you earn, that a kept man is a man denied motivation and thus a man denied his full potential. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.